If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, hold up your hand real high. The ushers have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of these. And please turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Then we'll be going to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And then 2 Corinthians 10 and Hebrews 3 and James 1 and Ephesians 4 and Hebrews 13. And Luke 22. (laughs) But let's start at 1 Timothy 6. Let's release faith together to get exactly what we should get right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we all agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance, for the anointing, for eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts that are open and receptive. Uh, Let there come light and, and direction for the next parts and next steps in your plan and the faith walk that you've called us to. In any areas that we've thought wrong or been ignorant or deceived, help us that we be corrected and get it right and make the changes. And we'll give you the praise and glory and we'll not be hearers only nor forgetful hearers, but with your help we purpose to be doers of what you show us and say to us. And as we do, we know we'll be blessed because you always perform your word in the lives of those who do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So be it. In 1 Timothy 6, 1 Timothy 6, we begin last week in a new series. And uh, I got stirred up over it. Anybody here, you get stirred up too? I got stirred up over it. And I can really tell that the Lord's in it. And we, we're going to continue talking about fighting the good faith fight. Our text is right here in 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter and the 12th verse. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Everybody said out loud. Fight the good fight of faith. Say it again. Fight the good fight of faith. Then he said, lay hold, which gives you some insight into how you fight the good fight. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now this same word translated profess and profession is translated confess and confession. He's talking about what you say. And obviously you can see that in the next verse, verse 13. He said, I give you charge in the sight of God who quickens all things. And before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a what? A good confession. Now, if you weren't with us last week, we got into the connection between fighting the good faith fight and holding fast to the good faith confession. That's a big part of how you fight the good faith fight is with the good confession. Jesus, we saw uh, the perfect example of how he stood before Pilate when Pilate is uh, threatening him and trying to lord it over him and saying, who are you? Uh, Don't you know I have the power to uh, crucify you or set you free? Tell me who you are, what you've done and 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 Jesus fearlessly, 
looked at him and said, you could have no power over me at all, lest it was given to you from above. And he said, my kingdom's not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight for me right now. And what he didn't know is he could call on legions of angels right there and make the whole uh, Roman Empire look like nothing. But he didn't, because if he had called on this heavenly help for his deliverance, you and I would be lost. Aren't you thankful he didn't call on deliverance and get free? He, he went in our place. But he stood and made the confession, and he said, for this, he said, uh, I was, this is why I came into the world, uh, to be a king and to bear witness of the truth. Hallelujah. And Pilate was clueless. He said, what is truth? <laughs> well, he was looking at truth. He was hearing truth. Is that right? But what this passage is talking about is that Jesus stared Pilate and scourging and crucifixion and death and judgment and hell in the face and was unfazed in his faith, evidenced by his unswerving confession, no hesitation, no change. How many know Jesus didn't change what he believed and what he was saying when the pressure came? And that is the example of fighting the good fight of faith. Go to 2 Timothy, please, now. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. 2 Timothy 4. Said out loud while you turn over there again, fight the good fight of faith. In 2 Timothy 4, beginning about verse 6, Paul an apostle of the Lord Jesus, a sent one of his, a beloved individual. How many want to meet Paul one day and talk to him and fellowship? How many believe he's a nice guy? You're going to be, you're going to so enjoy talking to him and fellowshipping with him. Well, here he he is near the end of his life's course. And of following God's plan for his life. He's old. And he's got battle scars. He's uh, at one point he said. He said don't bother me. I bear in my body the marks. Basically I'm paraphrasing now. Of my faith in Jesus. In other words I don't have anything to prove to you. I've been there. Done it. Wrote the book. Right. (laughs) Wrote the letters. And uh, anyway. He's near the end of his life and his course. And he says, I'm now ready to be offered. I'm ready. Notice he's not backpedaling and scared. He's ready. The time of my departure is at hand. You know, death is not cessation and the end. It's not ceasing of existence. It's not termination. Death is transition. It's just leaving one place and going to another. It's called a departure. It's not the end. It's just leaving here. Going somewhere else. And so, you know, anybody ever been to the airport? I mean, even when you're driving in, it'll have a sign. What will it say? (laughs) Arrivals. Is that right? And departures. Well, that's exactly what's happening in life. You know what arrivals are? Births. 
If you could stand off from the planet and spiritually see spirits coming into the planet and being born, you'd see millions of arrivals. Well, I guess it, it would actually be hundreds of thousands a day is what it is. And uh, probably about 300,000. And uh, departures are about 155,000 a day. In just this long, two more people died somewhere on the planet. Uh, about two, just a little over a second. And uh, so uh, departures, people are leaving here, <laughs> right? By the scores of thousands somewhere on the earth throughout the day. And soon and very soon, you and I are going to depart. Is that right? But for the believer, it's nothing to be afraid of. I said, for the believer, what Paul say? I'm ready. How many of you, when it comes time for you to leave here, you want to be able to say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to blow this popsicle stand. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out. But you don't need to leave early. Because there's a reason why you're here to start with. And you need to do what Paul's talking about. The time of my departure is at hand. But the reason he could say he was ready to depart with such confidence. Read the next verse. Verse 7. Why? Not just I bode my time. I what? I have fought a good fight. I have what? Finished my course. Do you think it's important that you finish? Your course. You know, uh, all of us have a, a similar type story, but I know the devil tried to kill me just like he did you numerous times. And, and sadly, I gave him too many opportunities. <laughs> I, I mean, I, uh, and I know a lot of you have the same story. I was almost killed dozens of times that I know about. <laughs> I mean, I have wrecked log trucks, I have uh, jumped into pools that were too shallow and cut open my wrist on the rocks, I have gone down in motorcycles and, and wrecked and, and slid on my hands and knees until a big Buick almost hit me. <laughs> huh? I've had people that were drugged out of their mind pointing loaded revolvers at me. I could have been dead and if I had have been you and I wouldn't be talking today. Is that right? And a lot of this happened way before I, you know, was in the ministry, way before there was any uh, training or anything like that. So the ministry, the churches, the word supply, all that we're doing wouldn't exist. Is it important that all of us finish our course because we don't know the effect and fruit that could have on other people's lives. We need to serve our generation. Before we get out of here. How many of us say. Well yeah but you're, you're a preacher. You got a job to do. So do you. Not everybody's supposed to stand up and preach to people. But everybody's got a job. Everybody's got a job. And it's an important job. And everybody might not know about it or see it. But some of the most important parts of your body. You can't see. 
Is that right? Little glands and organs on the inside. You've never seen them. You may not even know they're there. But I guarantee you, you want them there and you want them doing their job. Don't you? Well, you're a part of this body, the body of Christ. And you're, there are no such thing as insignificant, unimportant, unnecessary parts. You are an important part. And it's vital that you and I fight the good fight and finish our course. Now, here's insight. In order to finish your course, you're going to have to fight the good fight. Can you see this? Because you'll have opportunities to leave early and quit and give up. And in order to stay and overcome it, you're going to have to fight. I said you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to have something in you that won't give up and won't quit. And you say, no, 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 this accident is not taking me out. No, this disease is not taking me out before my time. Come on, are you listening? No, no, I am going to live. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going to run my whole race. I'm going to finish my course. Come on, somebody said out loud, I'm going to run my whole race. I'm going to finish my course. Now, what's it going to take to do that? There are going to be time after time. You're going to have to fight. And if you won't fight, then you won't finish your course. Now, some have left the impression that we have nothing at all to do in this walk with God because of grace. Well, God's grace allows us to even know about faith and have faith. But God's grace does not cover your fight as far as you not having to fight. You're going to have to fight to access the grace and to hold on to the grace and to walk in the grace. I've had people say, well, I'm not a fighter. I don't like to fight. I don't want to fight. Well, you're going to be defeated. Because the only way. How many understand this world is not a kind place? I've heard people say, well, it's just not fair. Hey, the world's not fair. And the enemy is influencing so much of what's going on down here. And it's dark. And there's a thousand things all around you can kill you and take you out every day. Is that right? And you will be attacked and you will be challenged and and oppression and a resistance will come against you. And yes, the grace of God is yours and able to keep you and help you. But you got to do your part too. I said you got to do your part too, which is to what? Grace is God's part. Faith is your part. Yeah, we'll make it by the grace of God if we'll fight the good fight of faith. That's how you access the grace. Say it out loud. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. What better words could you say when you know you're about to breathe your last? You know, you, you know you're about to breathe three more times and then you're gone. And you can say, I fought a good fight. Thank you, Lord. I finished my course. I made it. Hallelujah. I stuck out my chest. And I hit the finish line. And I didn't quit you. I didn't quit you. 
I've kept the faith. I'm coming to see you, Lord. (laughs) What did he say? He said, henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love is appearing. So that's how we're going to make it through the obstacles and challenges and finish our course is through fighting the good fight of faith. Now, we saw last week the perfect example of fighting the good faith fight and winning it, and that's Jesus. But today, this morning, I want to show you how to lose the fight. (laughs) No? Well, what would you know if you know how to lose the fight? (laughs) In learning how to lose the fight, you're going to learn what not to do. Is that right? Because you don't want to lose the fight. And in doing the opposite, you'll find out how to win. (laughs) Go with me. To the book of Luke, 22nd chapter. I tell you what, before you do that, hold your place in Luke. Go to Hebrews 3, or they'll put it up on the screen for us. You don't have to turn to these in Hebrews. You hold your place in Luke 22. Hebrews 3, 1, put that up on the screen for us, please. Hebrews 3, 1. Now, we saw last week, don't let this get away from you. A big part of fighting the good faith fight is with the good confession. Jesus fights with his mouth. Doesn't he? We saw scripture on that. Revelation, other places. That's how the master fights, is with his mouth. With his words. And that's how we fight the good faith fight as well. And here it says, Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, same word for confession, Christ Jesus. Jesus is the apostle of what we say. He's the high priest of what we say. Now this has been lost in much of the church going world. We've had sometimes people visit us, might have happened with you, first time you came. And they hear us making all these confessions. And they think, well, it's bizarre. Oh, he's still not. There he goes again. Say this. Say that. Say this after me. Say this. That sounds strange to people, but that's the way it was in the beginning. It's just that people have gotten away from it. How do you get born again? Does anybody know? Tell, tell me how you get born again. You believe in your heart. What's the rest of it? You confess with your mouth and the high priest of your confession works with that confession of Jesus' lordship and you're born again. He works with what you say. Not just empty words, but what you say out of a heart full of faith. Now in verse uh, 6, he says, Christ is a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. You're going, we're going to enjoy things if we hold on to it. Verse 14, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Somebody say, hold on. Now, Hebrews 4.14, 4.14, 
says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. We know from the previous scripture, he's the apostle and high priest of our confession of what we say. That is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, since we know we have the great high priest, what should be our response? Let us do what? Hold fast our profession. Now, why does he keep saying, hold fast to your profession? What does that let you know? It lets you know something is going to challenge your profession, your confession. Something's going to try to get you, instead of holding fast, it's going to try to get you to turn loose. Right? And that's where the fight comes in. That's where the fight comes in. 4.14, skip on down to the 10th chapter of Hebrews, 10.22. 10.22 said, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast. He says it again. What's this, the third time? Hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Which shows the thing we're confessing is what he promised. He doesn't change, so our confession shouldn't change. And if you want to win, you mustn't waver. Wavering is not winning. (laughs) If you want to win, you stop wavering. What would wavering be? Wavering is not holding fast, maintaining the same good faith confession. If you're wavering, what are you doing? Did you hear these words? Confidence. Steadfast. We'll see. When the word comes, we'll get into this perhaps another time. But when the word comes... You remember reading about the parable of the sower that Jesus talked about? Immediately, the enemy comes to steal that word and to keep it from getting in your heart. Or if it does get in your heart, through distractions, through numerous things, get you to turn loose of it, to quit believing it. And so the onslaught from the outside, from feelings and symptoms and circumstances, the very devil himself involved in it, you see he is endeavoring to get you to question what God has said and vacillate on it and waver back and forth on it until he can get you to just turn it loose. When God tells you something, He told Adam and Eve, don't eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge, good and evil. In the day you do, you will die. So what does the devil show up and do? What does he say? Yes, has God said? Question. Why, Why question it? Because up to this point, they are steadfast. If you asked Adam and Eve what God said, they'll tell it to you instantly. Are you sure that's what he said? Yeah. Are you sure that's what he meant? Yeah. Are you sure that's what's going to happen? Yeah. So what does the devil come and do? Question it. Why? 
he, he can't just get you to throw it away instantly. So he's got to get you to loosen up on it. And at least be open. At least be open to something else. Be a little more open-minded, a little more broad-minded. People say that about us, you know, we all are just narrow, narrow. Yeah, and saved. (laughs) There is a broad way. And Jesus said it leads right to destruction. Something is either true or it's not. It's either right or it's not. But see, the enemy comes to try to find an opening an exposed place. That's why you need to put on the whole armor of God and keep it on. Is that right? We're going to be talking about that too. You going to believe with me? We're going. To, how many of you can't fight without your armor? You got to have your armor. So we're going to be fighting, talking about that. But that's what he's trying to do is to find a soft place to get you to start wondering and questioning and wavering. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. And one of the devil's favorite phrases. Well. You just never know. What God's going to (laughs) do. That is straight from the pit. I said that is straight from the pit. From the devil himself. Why? It's the very description of wavering. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says no. You just. You just never know. That is absolutely faithless. There's no fight in that. And there's no victory from that. You have to find the will of God first. And then once you have found the will of God, you need to stand on that solid rock with both feet. You need to wrap your hands around it. You need to chain yourself to it. Come on, are you listening? And no matter what kind of winds and storm assault you, you say, this is the way it is. This is always the way it'll be. No other considerations. This is it. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. He is the only way, truth, and the life. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Well, what about all the other? There is no other. There is no other. Well, he said he'd meet my needs. Yeah, but sometimes you win a few. Sometimes you lose a few. That's just the way the old ball bounces. Well, that ain't a scripture. And we ain't bouncing an old ball. I'm a new creation. Come on, I'm I'm a new creation. And he does not change. And if he said it, it's true. And if I hold fast to it, it'll happen in my life. But whether it happens or not, whether I experience it or not, is not dependent on him. 
It comes back to me and you. Am I going to hold fast to it or am I going to change? Am I going to be moved? I like something that Paul said at one point in his life. He said, none of these things move me. Don't you like that phrase? None of these things move me. Now you're going to need to say that from time to time. Because there are going to be some things trying to move you. Trying to get you to doubt. Trying to get you to question. Trying to get you to waver. Luke 22. Are you still there? Luke 22. Let's see an example of how to lose a fight. Lose the faith fight. In Luke 22. Jesus is just about to go to the cross. And uh, as the disciples are, are hearing him talk. They're understanding. He's talking about leaving. And them not being able to come, it disturbed them, it bothered them. And they begin to affirm, no, 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 we're going with you no matter what. And in Luke twenty-two thirty-one, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, talking about Peter. Now, you heard me say this before. Anytime the Lord calls your name twice, <laughs> Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. When, when the Lord calls your name twice like that, just go ahead and hit your knees and just start repenting. Is it because? And you better take notice because you are either messing up already or you're about to. And what, what is that? What's happening right here? Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you. That he may sift you as wheat in a sieve. Verse 32. But I have prayed for you. (laughs) Somebody said, man, I wish you'd pray for me. He already has. I said he already has. And the Bible said he ever lives to make intercession. At the throne of God, you got somebody on your side. Amen. You got somebody who has a faith for you and in you that will never quit, that will never waver. He's real, and that faith is real. Never say, nobody believes in me. It's a big lie. Head of the church believes in you. And even when he knows Peter's about to blow it big time, Jesus' faith looks beyond his failure and prays and believes for restoration and victory. Does our master have faith? Ooh, what faith. You, you read the rest of the, read the book of John and read the 17th chapter and read his prayer. He prays that all of us, talking about the whole body of Christ, be one just like he and the Father are one. Now most everybody look at that and look at the state of disarray and strife that all the denominations and groups are embroiled in today and think, no way, no how. That ain't never going to happen. But it is. I said, but it is. And Jesus will stand and believe for it if it takes a thousand millennia. Come on, can you see this? 
This is the kind of faith our master has. And we're to follow in his footsteps. And once we know the truth, and once we know his will, and once we've heard from him, we take our stand, and we will never doubt it. We will never quit it. We will never change it. That's how you fight and win the good fight of faith. He said, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when, not if. Is this faith talking? Not if. When you are converted, not only are you going to get past this failure, but you're going to be a strength. Did you know God could take the very thing that you were a failure and in bondage in and give you such victory that not only are you free, but he uses you to help other people get free in the same area. <laughs> you used to be the poster child of what not to do. And in that same area, you become the one who's the victor, victorious one over it and used to help other people get out of it. I prayed for you. That your faith fail not. And when you're converted. Strengthen your brethren. Verse 33. And Jesus said Lord. I'm ready to go with you. To prison and to death. That was not the right thing to say. He's not taking this seriously. He is overconfident. In his faith. At this point. You can't be overconfident. In God. He's beyond. His ability and faithfulness. Is beyond any confidence you could have in him. But you can. Have an overly optimistic. Idea. Of your own faith. And where you are. Now this is a revelation. We needed to get to today. It took us a few minutes. But we're here. Are y'all okay? Can you see it? Have you read the rest of this story? Is Peter overly confident in his faith and where he is? Should he be boasting to the Lord about what he's going to do? If you put this together with the other gospel accounts that talk about this, Peter at one point said, though everybody leaves you, I won't leave you. I will never leave you. I will die with you. Well, he's saying the right thing. But when it's all said and done, the truth came out. His faith wasn't really there. He wasn't aware of what he was about to face. The good faith fight is a real fight. It is not some imaginary something. It is not flippantly making confessions. Your faith and mine is going to be challenged. It's going to be tried. And we're going to have to reach down at times. And it's going to take everything we've got. Come on, do you hear me? To not buckle and not compromise and not change what we started out believing. And we're not going to win battles by acting like it's no deal. And we're going to breeze through it. And it's no problem. We can win every time. 
He always calls us to triumph. We can. But it's not going to be. Every battle is not going to be. Like you're sitting on the sofa. Taking a nap. Drinking afternoon tea. Come on. You understand what I'm talking about. There's going to be times. When you are going to be seriously tempted. To give up. And to quit. And you're going to have to reach down. And it's going to take all the faith you got. And you're going to have to call on the greater one inside you. And you're going to have to keep standing when other people quit. And a lot of the situations where it seems like something didn't work out. And and that's why people come up, well, maybe it just wasn't the will of God. No, people quit. People, I'm talking about people of God. People of God are quitting right and left all over the place. They stand for a few minutes, they stand for a few days, they stand for a few days, and then they get tired and they quit. And it's not for us to throw any rocks or judge, because unless you've been in some of these fights, it's easy to talk big about what you do, just like Peter, right? And you know you can overcome, and you know this faith really is the victory that overcomes the whole world. But it is a fight. It's a real fight. That's why he keeps saying, Fight the good fight. Why does he keep talking about fighting? Because you're going to have to fight, right? You're going to. Well, I don't like to fight. I just, I just, I just want Jesus to do it all. And, and, and they said he's already done. He has already done it all. But you're going to have to fight to hold on to what he's already done. But Peter's boasting. He said, I'm ready. Was he ready? He wasn't ready. I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. I'm ready. And Jesus looked at him. He said, I tell you, Peter, the cock, the rooster shall not crow this day before you three times deny that you even know me. And if you look at the rest of the passages, Peter came back and said, no, 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 uh-uh, no way, no way, no way. I don't care if the whole, everybody else may leave you, but I will not leave you. This was not time to brag and boast. What was it time to do? It's time to say, Lord, I don't want to do that. What do I need to do? Tell me, what do I need to do? Help me here. Humble yourself. Ask for help. Ask for grace. I know this is a little bit sobering, but it needs to be. There's been a lot of talk about faith and fighting a good fight of faith, but it's been trivialized. It's been like, oh, hallelujah, I got the victory, no problem. And then the first symptoms or the first challenge somebody was slapped with, they went, oh, I don't understand. This is not supposed to be happening to me. I'm a faith person. Well, honey, this is the first time you've had opportunity to show any fight of faith, and you're, you're folding up like a wet noodle. There ain't no faith there. You got faith talk. And then you got faith walk. Is that right? You you got the real thing. And you are going to be opposed. And, And notice the enemy went after Peter. Didn't he? He went after him. And he he wants to do what? Sift him like wheat. Well now what does sifting do? separates sifting separates one thing from another thing well what's he trying to separate out of Peter 
his faith. He's after his faith. He means to separate him from his faith. And he's, he's not all powerful, but he's able to influence and do some things in this earth. And he can work through situations and circumstances to shake things. And when you get shaken, if you allow yourself to be shaken enough, it'll shake the faith out of you. And you'll start crying and acting helpless and feeling sorry for yourself. And you'll quit believing and you'll quit standing and you'll be defeated. Peter's bragging. No. Everybody may run off, but I won't. I will never leave you, Jesus. I will never leave you. I am with you to the end. I will climb the highest mountain. I will swim the deepest ocean. I am with you. I've got your back. I'm your man. <laughs> well, anybody can talk. Right? Anybody can talk when you're over here with the Lord, hanging out, no problem. But in a few hours, there's going to be soldiers. There's going to be pressure. Somebody say pressure. There's going to be pressure brought down. Hard pressure. Heavy pressure. And some things are not going to go the way you thought they would go. He never imagined Jesus would let them take him. That never entered into his thinking. Never in a million years did he think Jesus would let them. He's faced this before. He walked through the crowds with them trying to get him. They tried to take him to the brow of the hill and throw him off one time. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So he's confident. But when it didn't go the way he thought it would. Tell me what happened. What happened? Skip down to verse 54. They took Jesus and they led him. They brought him to the high priest's house. And Peter followed where? Is he being shaken? (laughs) He was right there. I got you back. I I got the back door. I, I, I got the back 40. Huh, come on, can you, see, can you see what's happening? I got, <laughs> when they kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and they were set down, Peter sat down among them. A certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire, earnestly looked upon him and said, this man also was with him. Pressure. There are no other believers around. You're not sensing the anointing. There's no organ music. <laughs> this is not your church. Huh? You ain't in Kansas anymore. (laughs) Ain't nothing but hate for you and your master and what you do. You feel totally isolated and alone. And they got murder in their eyes. They will kill you. And what happened to him? What happened to him? What's it time to do? Fight for what? For what you believe. Who 
you believe Jesus is, who he is to you, who you are to him, is it time to stand up no matter what the repercussions? Come on, is it time? But what does it take to do that? It takes real faith. Verse 57, he denied him. He said, I I don't know him. Jesus who? Where's he from? What's happening? This is how you lose the faith fight. We all don't really believe in healing over there at that church, do you? Healing by miraculous power? Come on. You're an educated person. Didn't you say you went to college? How many know it's not time for you to start backpedaling and going, well, we're open to everybody's beliefs and and you know, I mean, I don't want to offend anybody, but we believe that under some circumstances and da 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 da, you're wavering. Is that right? You're you you've been hit and you're staggering. Is that right? Much more of this, and you're going down. <laughs> You don't have to be mean. You don't have to try to push things off on people. But you need to know that you know that you know what you believe. And you don't move. After a little while, another one saw him. He said, you you are also of them. You're one of them. Peter said what? Man, I am not. I told you no. (laughs) I don't know him. Is Peter losing the fight? Is the enemy being successful in separating him from his faith? He is. He is. About the space of one hour after, another confidently affirmed, saying, of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. Another writer said, your accent gives you away. I know where you're from. I saw you with him. And Jesus said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And other writers said, he began to curse and say, I don't know him. I told you, leave me alone. I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy. And immediately the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. I don't know that physically the Lord could have heard everything that was going over there. Maybe he did. But I know by the spirit he picked it up and he knew it. And I don't know if he, even it was in the distance. He turned and looked at him and he caught his eyes. And Peter caught his eyes and he knew. He knows. And he has lost a fight. Hasn't he? Was he overconfident? If you back up and you read, you'll see that when after the Lord warned him about denying him, they went out to pray and they all took a nap when they're supposed to be praying. And that's one thing that Jesus woke them up and said, watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation. He didn't know how close he was to losing a fight. Did he? And he should have already had some understanding of this because how many remember not too long before this, Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, if that's you, bid me come. And so he stepped out and he did begin to walk on the water. But what happened? He began to waver, is that right? Waver, looking at the wind and waves and started going down and Jesus caught him and rescued him and said, why'd you doubt? Where's your faith? So, we don't want to act like we don't even have to try 
to have faith and win this fight. Like it's just going to be a breeze for us. Everything we face and deal with. We can win it. But it's going to take some fighting on our part. Not fighting to get God to do something. He's already done it. Jesus has already bought it and paid for it. It's ours by his grace. No, what's the fight? The enemy will try to separate you from your faith. Will he be successful? 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. We don't want to be braggadocious about our faith and what we can believe and what we can stand. It's easy to talk when nothing's going on. It's easy to sit up in church surrounded by believers. And you're not even dealing with that problem. I go, oh, yes, hallelujah. I'd stand forever. (laughs) Well, that don't mean much. I'm glad to hear it. Sounds good is the right direction to be thinking. But that's a far different thing than you standing by yourself somewhere. Come on, are you listening? You dealing with symptoms in the middle of the night. You looking at a pile of bills on your table. That's not the same. And yet, you can win every fight. I said you can win every fight. You and I can overcome no matter what the enemy does. If we make up our mind, if we set our face like flint, if we lay hold and refuse to ever turn loose, I want you to clutch around your your chest, your your midsection. (laughs) Say it out loud, nobody. Nobody is getting my faith from me. <laughs> nobody. Nothing. Nobody is separating my faith from me. Now go to Romans in closing, I think. In order to keep it, tell me what you're going to have to do, what I'm going to have to do. We're going to have to fight. Not fight God, not fight each other. <laughs> But we're going to have to fight against everything that's trying to take our faith from us. Everything that's trying to wear us down. Get us to give up. Get us to quit. Romans 8.35. You ought to shout about this. I said you ought to shout about this. Who? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And did you know that's what our faith works by is by this love, how can we trust him forever and never give up trusting him? Because we know how much he loves us. We know he'll never leave nor forsake us. Shall tribulation separate us? Shall distress separate us? Persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our peril, our sword separate us from the love of Christ. Verse 37. No. Somebody say No. no. No, will it separate you? Will feeling bad separate you from your faith in him and from knowing how much he loves you and you trust in him? Will piles of bills, unpaid bills, separate you? Separate you. Feeling bad. Feeling low. Feeling depressed. Other people talking about you. Making fun of you. Trying to stab you in the back. When are you going to throw up your hands and go, I can't take it anymore. 
I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just can't, I can't take it. That's how you go down and don't come back up. You got to fight. I know it's not fun. I know it's not easy. But you got to fight. What kind of fight is it? It's not a fist fight. It's not a slap fight. It is a good faith fight. And you reach down inside and you take your faith and you put it in some good faith confession words. Right? And then you got that thing loaded. Click. And the enemy tries to get in your face and say, you're not going to make it. This is never going to happen. You're never going to get over this. You're never going to get through this. And you go, boom. Yes, I will. I can do all things through Christ. Boom. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Boom. The greater one is living inside of me. And he always causes me to boom. Triumph. That's how you win this fight. Thank you, Lord. No groveling. Zero self pity. None. 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 No excuses. No blaming other people. None of that. What's going to separate you? From your faith in God and His love for you. What's going to say? Come on. No. Come on. Say it out loud. There's scripture right here. No. Nay. (laughs) In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Does this sound like strong, unswerving, unwavering faith? I'm persuaded. Neither death. No life, no angels, no principalities, no powers, no things present, no things to come. Sound like he's preaching to me. No height, no depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us, me, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate me. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Master. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.